You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. In a world where film studios have pillaged every young adult novel, DC'd every comic book series, and Frankenstein every silver screen monster in search of the next movie mega franchise. Two nerds. Two movies. One cinematic universe. This is Jasper. And this is Randy. We watched two movies. Woo! They're going to amp you up. <laughs> this episode, we're talking about Hardcore Henry and Crank High Voltage. <laughs> man okay these movies wow uh yeah so how this double feature came together was i had watched hardcore henry it just hit netflix i think what what did it, last month it hit netflix yeah i think so and i was like we have I, I have to talk about this movie with someone jasper we have to do this movie and so then naturally I was like, what's the, what's another just insane over the top action movie that this can be paired with? And instantly the crank movies popped into my mind. And of the two crank movies, I think high voltage is more insane. So that's, that's why we went with that one. Uh, which one do you want to, which one do you want to jump into, man? Well, let's, let's go right for the one that I like the most, which was hardcore Henry. So with that, this one was made in 2015. It is directed, I'm going to murder this name, but it is Ela Neshuler, or Ian Neshuler. Um, it stars Shartlow Copley as Jimmy, and Haley Bennett as Estelle, which is weird because I thought her name was Eve through the whole movie. And then Tim Roth, a bunch of names I can't pronounce. <laughs> Danila Kozlowski, <laughs> and he's, I don't know, That's just there's a bunch of names. The writers were Ian Neshuler and Will Stewart. Additional writing. What, what's this movie about, Jasper? <laughs> um, it is Henry is resurrected from death with no memory, and he must save his wife from a telekinetic warlord with a plan to bioengineer soldiers. Yeah, the director of this. I might have some of my facts a little wrong, but what I know of this is the director had made a music video that went viral. Uh, several years ago. I'm sure you've seen it, Jasper. Uh, it's all first-person yeah. view. It's like just crazy action sequence. Pretty sweet. And then, oh, I can't remember who it was, but apparently someone approached him and was like, you should make that a feature-length movie like that or something. And that's, I guess, what got the ball rolling. And uh, they did it. And this is it. This is the movie. Watching it, like I said, last month or maybe the month before, whenever it hit Netflix is the first time I'd watched it because I remember... Seeing the trailers for it, I really wanted to see it, and then I don't know what happened. The best way I can describe this movie, and this is, I'm sure, been used to like as a criticism of it, but if I, I don't mean it as a criticism. This is like video game the movie, but in the best way. You're right. The way I had it in my head, even though I hate that franchise now, is it's like it's like watching you play someone play through the campaign of Call of Duty. Okay. You know. That's that's how I felt this movie went. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely... And you can't help it. Just because a POV 
isn't necessarily doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a video game thing, but so many games are first person view. Specifically, they're usually shooters because people like to shoot things. Apparently, first person shooter. We we don't need to get into that whole rant, <laughs> do we, Jasper? Uh, <laughs> no. First it's not an argument, I don't feel like starting. <laughs> <laughs> first person shoot. Jasper Jasper is uh, gets the unfortunate end of like three in the morning rants from Randy when he's like, hey, check out this cool video game trailer. Oh, really? Well, this is what's wrong with society, Jasper. <laughs> I call I call them Randall rants. The Randall rants. <laughs> it even happens in messages, so. <laughs> anyway. Uh, you proved a point, though. I'll give you that. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I love me some GTA, so whatever. Whatever. Yeah, but that's more, that's more, uh, what is that called? A satire. It is actual life that it's it's almost disgustingly accurate to real life when it's supposed to be a satire. It used to be escapism. Now it's more simulator than anything. Right. But so, you know, naturally it's going to bring that comparison. But honestly, beyond just the obvious comparison of like a first person shooter, I watched this twice. The second time I watched it with Melanie and... It didn't hit me until the second time. I'm like, the first thing he does is a fetch quest. Like, this is video game the movie. The mm-hmm. little guy, the, his his buddy, Jimmy, I think it was, pops up on his uh, little phone in such a way that, like, I don't know, making Henry not speak, I think, was kind of brilliant because it works in the same, like, a lot with the same logic as making uh, the main character of video games not speak a lot of times because then, mm-hmm. like, they have your voice. Yeah, then you think you think they talk as you. Yeah, but you know the guy will just randomly pop up on the phone, and there it is. It's almost like a little uh, a HUD pops up, and he's like, "All right, you got this thing. Now you need to meet me over here." And it shows it on the location map, location on the map. And I'm like, "This is just this is a video game. He's just giving him missions and fetch quests and stuff." But for me, I loved it. I thought that was great. Like that's not a criticism on my behalf. I think I think that's hilarious, and I think it works, and it's appropriate because. You don't need a big story. That's not what it's about. It's literally supposed to just be visual, visceral insanity. Mm. And it's like, well, how do we string this together? Well, how do video games string the same thing together? And that's what they did. I think it works great. Yeah, I think my, I was kind of laughing at that GPS thing too, because I was almost, I was waiting for like the little window to pop up. Would you like to fast travel? <laughs> you know, and then uh-huh. he just like teleports and goes the other way. Fortunately for us, it does fast travel because then it'll just cut. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I like you said. I liked the, the video game aspect, and like even that that thing. Oh yeah, now meet me over here. That Im- immediately felt like GTA, where they call you on the phone all the time. Let's go bowling, cousin. <laughs> cousin, you oh, like speaking to go of bowling? speaking of Russians, like a lot. Of, yeah, this is a lot of this. A lot of the crew here was Russian. Anyway, that's also the cool thing. The opening scene uh, with that team busting into the room. Mm-hmm. That was actually the a Russian SWAT team. Like they, the director wanted it to look so real that he actually hired a SWAT team to do that. Really? That intro. Yeah. Interesting. That's why they say it looks like they actually know what they're doing. They actually told him that you know there was two people in this room, and they didn't really give him any other information other than that. And of course, spoilers. We always spoil the stuff we talk about, and we're just gonna. I think we'll end up jumping around a little bit since we're there at the SWAT team scene. That's where we get introduced to the villain who has telekinetic abilities and that's never explained. It's just a given like, yeah, this guy can do this stuff. How do you feel about that? 
with things like that, I usually get hung up on it. There was so much going on in this movie that it just, I never really cared after like a couple of times I seen him. I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I almost like it when they don't explain certain things like that. They don't explain it. And maybe Metal Gear Solid does explain it. But to me, I seen this guy and I was like, why is he like that? And as the movie went, I'm like, he's just psychomanus. It doesn't matter why he's like that. He's the boss. He's the boss mm-hmm. character. He's the villain. He has powers. Accept it because this is video game logic. You know, did you realize when we first met him in, in the movie that I don't know if it maybe was the way I was looking at the screen. But you see, he like looks off to the side of the guy's yeah. the main character's head. Yeah, is he is he blind? He I was wondering or something because I saw the pro or the mask that he's wearing that has the GoPro on it, and the GoPro's like across his mouth. Mm-hmm. So I was at first thinking maybe he's looking down at the camera, but then it would still be at his face this way. He keeps looking off to the side, and to me, yeah. I was like, that seems like blind person body language to where he's mm-hmm. talking to him, but just like intentionally not like looking directly at him looking off to the side because every other character looks directly at you the viewer Mm -hmm. looks directly into the camera that's what i thought is jimmy looks jimmy looks right at him yeah yeah it's weird though because it when he later records that message to henry he's looking right at the camera so i don't know you know and even later when it's estelle is her name yeah but he calls her eve Okay. We'll That's call- what I thought it was. Estelle was a weird name, but is it does he call her Eve? Yeah. Okay, we'll call Wait, her no. Eve. Where do I get that mixed up? I might have got that mixed up with Crank. Oh, is that the other It's her name's Eve, yeah. Oh, you did then. You did. Okay. But I thought he called her Eve. I don't remember Estelle, but or maybe he never said her name, but whatever. That could be. Okay, well, Estelle. There's only one main female character in this movie, so mm-hmm. when Henry and Estelle are after my favorite sequence of the movie, they're in that van and the bad guy shows up on the screen inside the van, but he's outside mm-hmm. in a car. I noticed through the screen, even though he wouldn't be able to see where they're at, he looks at them in the scene. You know what I mean? Even though like he's on the monitor when he's, uh, he's talking to like Henry, he looks at Henry and then looks back at the other chick. And I was like, that's fun and clever. And it d- honestly doesn't make sense because he's, looking into a camera, but I kind of love it. But also then like, so can he see? <laughs> because yeah, I, like there he can obviously look directly at him. I don't know. I thought that was weird. But that SWAT scene, they don't they don't use his powers a whole lot, but I love that he, he lifts the one guy up and he doesn't just like use his telekinetic powers to kill the, the scientist guy. Like, you know, he's a red shirt basically. He's barely in it. But he lifts the guy up in the air and it establishes that, oh, this villain has powers and then he takes his knife out and just runs up and just just stabs the guy while he's like hovering in the air and i'm like what a fun and ridiculous use of the powers just to like lift a guy up just to run up and stab him a bunch it's like let me let me bring you to like stab eye stabbing level like i don't have to like lean down and stab you yeah forget this stabbing down that's too much work i like to stab up (laughs) yeah the and what was it? I think right before that, he like shakes the guy's hand or something. He's like, "Hey, nice, nice to meet you." Oh yeah, he's <laughs> being all nice to him. It also establishes that like it takes something out of him because he gets a nosebleed or something. Yeah, he's twelve. He's Levin's brother. What <laughs> from oh, Stranger oh, Things? Oh, he's Levin's brother. <laughs> yeah, he's twelve or ten. They they actually said in one of the trivia things was that someone was watching this in the theater, got dizzy on the balcony of the theater. 
and almost fell off the side, but they hit the wall because oh, they try to get up and like walk out. If you have motion sickness issues, this is going to make you puke instantly. But one thing that I was super impressed by is even though it's first person view, he's doing rolls and jumps and getting thrown around and knocked off of bridges. The action is never, ever confusing to me. You'd think it would be easy to for for your location, your sense of where your character, where this character's at, still in video game mind, where your character's at, but your sense of where Henry's at, where the action's happening, you'd think it'd be easy for that to get jumbled around if you're literally throwing a dude with a camera strapped on him around and doing rolls. But the action is super clear the entire time. It's just easy to follow. And that's one thing I was incredibly impressed by. When he gets knocked off the bridge, because when they escape that apparently air fortress lab thing he gets knocked off the bridge which is a looks great it's a great stunt but he even does like some flips and stuff but i mean technically it's disorienting but it, you you don't get lost in like location and when crazy stuff's happening and i never felt like i was struggling to make sense of what was happening and where and you know they did it very well with the way they did it too is like when he got thrown off the bridge and then he's like hiding behind the cars you, you had like the adrenaline rush from like you're hiding from him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he gets hit by cars and knocked around and yeah yeah it's good it never feels messy we'll get into this in the next movie where it feels messy because the camera work is all over the place and hardcore mm-hmm. henry never feels that way to me there's some great set pieces and i want to get to that later but let's talk about the violence because this movie is upfront. The title sequence is incredibly kind of gruesome. I was a little bit like, oh no, what's this? Where it's like slow motion, just acts of violence. Like dude getting stabbed through the neck with a knife and SWAT guys getting shot in the eye and just the getting stabbed with a knife and then ripping up through the torso And it's all like super beautiful, super slow motion visuals and incredibly gory and violent. And I'm like, oh, whoa, what is, what is this? The one with the knife where it slowly goes through the neck and then comes out. The other side, I was like, what the crap? And then the the bullet going through the head and I was like, like going through the, I was, well, my, I've never seen anything like that before watching this. I would, yeah, I was, and that's, you know, that's the opening title sequence. I was, I was surprised by it, but I knew right away, as soon as that started, I'm like, I guarantee, I don't think this movie did well. I guarantee it probably didn't do very well. Apparently, you know, it made its money back. I'm looking at the numbers now. Uh, The budget was 10 million, according to the moviedatabase.org, but uh, it brought in just over 14 million. So I guess, you know, it made its money back and then some, but. Uh, this actually got a wide release, and I don't think it did as well as they'd hoped. But after seeing that first like, opening sequence, I know why. Like that kind of ultra violence isn't doesn't go over well with a mainstream audience. I'm fine with it. I like horror movies and stuff. But I was shocked, and I was it did make me a little nervous as to like, oh, what is this gonna be? You know. I was like, this is this movie is gonna be like like they're gonna kill people like this. He's gonna like stab someone. They're gonna slow mo it, and you know. And there is some gruesome stuff to it. Uh, the the one guy, I don't know what kind of gun. Somebody's basically somebody's like sniping them with a small cannon or something. So the first fetch quest where he's trying to get the heart, the battery from the one guy, he's got to like rip his heart out and then get the battery out from his chest. Mm-hmm. When that guy gets, they're out in public fighting, and all of a sudden the dude's head just blows up in his face, and uh, it's extreme. 
but it's not as bad as the title sequences had me like thinking it was going to be. That exact moment, I actually jumped because I didn't think the dude's head was going to come off. It was just like his chin was left. The violence is so over the top, it's humorous. The movie itself is a series of set pieces. The story, I know you said the story, but it's... I have this bird. Okay, this is a total aside. Every day, at least once, sometimes twice, there's this little bird flies into my freaking window. Every day. It's like... Like flies into it? Like bam, boom? Yep, flies right into it. Every day. It's like, it was there yesterday. It's going to be here today. Where are you trying to go, little bird? You should open it and see if he just flies into the room. <laughs> he probably would. That I'll have a freaked out little bird in my house. Anyway, but yeah, so this is like, whatever. Henry Henry is essentially, he's, he wasn't dead, but basically he's, he's a cyborg brought back to life by his wife. And then he, she bas- basically, it becomes your princess is in another castle. Like she is, it's, she's got to save his wife. There is a twist, and I do appreciate the twist given that they've used the whole motivation of this character. The whole, like, setup of the plot is basically damsel in distress. Go save this woman. They then throw a nice twist on that at the end. So he's trying to rescue his his wife from the villain. You know, he's got her. And it basically goes from set piece to set piece. And pretty much every action sequence, every set piece, uh, for the most part... He gets a new Jimmy, which sounds weird to say it like that, but he's got this guy, this buddy that keeps showing up and then dying and then showing up again, only in a different costume, basically. At one point, he's homeless Jimmy. Another point, he's like a stoner, kind of like nom vet Jimmy. And then there's a big action sequence and then it dies down just long enough to like transition into another action sequence. And that's pretty much the entire movie. It does thread plot through but it's it's essentially as you might expect a series of action sequences taken to the extreme so i figured we'd talk a little bit about the action sequences what were your favorite favorite moments your favorite set pieces the whole airship bridge or the airship and then falling to the bridge was kind of cool the one i really liked was when the tank showed up oh yeah i was gonna say this too is all the jimmy deaths were like amazingly put in there. Oh, they're so like good. When the tank shows up, you know, just, he's just gone. The first, the first Jimmy death is shocking because he's just driving, and you're like, okay, here's this guy. He's he's befriended this guy. He's gonna help him, and all of a sudden, just like a bullet from wherever, just boom, and Jimmy's face explodes, and they crash the car. That's the first time it happens. You're just like, oh, I guess not, you know. And and he just established the uh, the countdown, the timer. You got to have. There's got to be a time limit, right? But then Jimmy shows up later as a homeless guy, and he gets toasted. And then he shows up again. And oh yeah, it's 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 crazy. Because at first I didn't know what was going on, and I'm like, what? Because every time one Jimmy died, you know, the phone would start ringing again. He's like, oh, come over here now, you know. Man, watching him get torched was pretty crazy too, but. Mm-hmm. I just, I was like, well, how is this dude alive still? Like, I at first I thought he was the same guy, but it's the, the avatar system. Yeah, I mean, you don't find that out till towards the end. Not mm-hmm. the very end of the movie, but towards the end, it gets revealed what the deal is. Some of my favorite sequences, my favorite, I think, 
it's so ridiculous and it's so it's it was interesting watching this movie with Melanie and seeing how she reacted to certain things because she I don't think she liked this sequence at all. I loved it though because it was so ridiculous. The motorcycle sequence where where he hops in with the Vietnam vet type Jimmy and he's in the little sidecar on the motorcycle with the like Gatling gun. It, as soon as the motorcycle, like they showed the motorcycle, it had the sidecar and then something on the front of it covered up. I was like, that's a, that's a mini gun. That's a Gatling gun. And that's, of course, as soon as they're on the road, he whips it off and there it is. And I'm like, this movie, this movie, it's basically them fighting a bunch of like they're hauling down the highway or whatever. And there's a bunch of the, the enemy vans, the enemy organization vans, black vans, racing them and whatever. So they're taking the vans out and the vans, some of the van crashes are good. Some of them are super kind of CG-ish and they don't look bad, but you can tell in the motion, like, you know, whatever, whatever. I can look past it, but he's just mowing the vans down with the Gatling gun. What really sold it to me though, was they're behind a van they're shooting it. The back doors fall down. They take the, the motorcycle, drives up through the back of the van the whole time, just da, 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 blasting the dudes, and then drives out through the front, like windshield of the van, just straight up, just just tears through the van. There's no way that would could possibly happen. But it was so awesome. It was so over the top and ridiculous. Like I. I had to pause the movie and laugh and then rewind it and watch it again. But Melanie couldn't stand it. That part happened. She's like, no, no. And I'm like, of course not. But they did it. And it's amazing. She did not dig it. But I loved it. That happened. There's a guy hanging off after that, that he loses the Gatling gun. He ends up jumping onto another van. He like jumps off onto a van. I think that, I think that's when, no, that Jimmy doesn't die, but he goes off the road. So Jimmy's out of play for now. But he's got a grenade. He throws the grenade down into the van, basically does a rocket jump. As soon as it blows up, he jumps up. He's flying through the air. And then he comes down and conveniently lands on the motorcycle of one of these chicks that they're traveling with. What is this? What is this? Yeah, like I love my thing, too. I don't think you see she she's in like the back of a semi, isn't she? Yeah, the the, the wife. Yeah. But at first, he's just mowing these vans. And I'm like, did you check to make sure she's not in any of these? Because they said she was in the back of a van. They didn't say which one. And yeah, they're just exploding these vans and sending them off the road. I had the same thought. But then there's like a bigger van. You know, there's the boss mm-hmm. van. It's the boss fight van. The one with the health bar that's gold up top. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to like knock that one down like three times before it's actually done. Right. It is um, like each action sequence is like at a crazy level and there's usually some type of boss fight almost. That leads up to one of my favorite scenes was when the like World War Two or whatever Jimmy uses the rocket launcher oh, down yeah. the alley. That's a bit later. Yeah, that's that's like leading up to the la- big climax. And that's out of nowhere because there's the big awesome sequence. It's revealed that Jimmy has this avatar system because he's really paralyzed. <sighs> And of course, the World War II Jimmy is like refers to him as the cripple, which mm-hmm. don't. Oh, God, we'll get back to it. But anyway, but the sequence you're talking about, it's just there. It doesn't have to be there because they leave there. They're driving. And the whole thing is they're going to drive to the big boss level, the final stage. 
but they randomly stop somewhere to like destroy some enemy vans and stuff. And yeah, they're just casually <laughs> shooting a rocket launcher down an alley at these vans coming at him, having That's- fun. The thing that sold me on that is he moves his right foot behind his left foot, like in like a desperado. No, he's doing like a fancy like pose. Yeah, and then you're spooming. He goes, he's dead. <laughs> like he just. Yep. What? Yep. But that, I mean, that's yeah. the kind of movie this is. The sequence be- leading up to that, though, where it's them getting Jimmy out of Jimmy's lab. That's fun. That was used. Some of that sequence was used and like that was some of the first footage I saw of it. They dropped that. I don't know if it was necessarily a trailer, if they just dropped a clip to promote it. That feels the most first person shooter to me because it's you've got the sniper sequence uh, when the guys are showing up. Oh, and you've got the punk rock Jimmy, too. And that's fun. And he's just all of a sudden he's down there like like there's the punk music and he's fighting the guys on the ground. Yeah, which because every every time you ever see like a punk rock guy in a video game, he's like the melee guy. Like he's all up in their face and throwing yep. punches. I also enjoy that once we're once it is like established what the deal with Jimmy is, is he can't control more than one at a time. So like he's up there with the sniper guy, the guy in the like the moss and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They're sniping dudes, and he's like, "Hold on, I'll go down there and take care of him." And then he just boom, falls over. So anytime he switches avatars, the avatar just do dead weight. Then you look down and the punk guys running around down there. And then I think he gets blown up and the, the sniper guy's like, all right, let's go. <laughs> it looks very video gamey, very first person shooter, but also that is an escort mission. You've had the fetch quest. You've had the racing mission. That is the escort mission because the, the World War II guy keeps yelling, don't let the cripple get below you. Make sure like you're always below the real Jimmy who's going down on an elevator. It, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. The guy the guy in the ghillie suit, that's what I thought too. Ghillie suit. The, I knew there was a yeah, name for it. The yeah, moss. The, the, guy in the, the, mo- the moss, man. Every person you talk to that's done like first person shooters and always has that escort mission uh-huh. hates them. Oh, they're the worst. Kind of wanted to point out with that scene too was that Right before that, right before he starts sniping the vans and you, the guy gets like the video game reticle where it moves around and he sees uh-huh. them. He, they point out that the guy is watching them through Henry's eyes. So then why is he still send the vans in to get just absolutely railed by these two snipers? You're, you, know? you know what? You're right. You're right. <laughs> like if they have a live feed through Henry's eyes, which that's a big spoiler, I guess. If they have a live feed through Henry's eyes, he doesn't. He's just sending these guys to die because he knows where they're at. He knows what they're doing. Yeah. He also kind of in that in that building. Also kind of have like that, you know, the siege movie type. You know, they gotta get in, get out. You know, mm-hmm. for sure. So the the final sequence. Okay, so you've got a movie where it goes from insane like action sequence and set piece to set piece. So then there's always kind of the risk of like, well, the the climax might not be great. In my mind, they did this well. I don't think the climax sequence is necessarily as interestingly set up as some of the other sequences, but it is so incredibly over the top and ridiculous and never ending. It just goes on and on. And I thought it was great watching it with Melanie. She's just like, are they done yet? Like, this is ridiculous. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Keep going. (laughs) You know? So, So there are other soldiers Here's the big twist of the movie. 
his wife is not his wife. His wife is Psychomantis's wife. <laughs> not really Psychomantis, <laughs> but albino Psychomantis. He was basically a test run to see if they could use, basically pose her as an act. You know, she'd just act the part as motivation for the soldier guy, the cyborg soldier. And I guess they decided that it, this was a success. So they did the same thing to this whole like army of soldier guys, cyborg soldiers resurrected from the dead soldier guys. And then at the, the end sequence is the end fight is basically Henry versus this army of soldier guys on this rooftop, occasionally getting tossed around by psycho Manus. What is his actual character's name? I is like Psycho Manus. Yeah, we're going to go with Psycho Manus. <laughs> and it goes on forever because he's just fighting these endless guys. At one point, they all just, they're all laying down. They all just get back up and he keeps fighting them over and over. And it, it goes on forever. And it's, this is where the, like the, the action does get jumbly, but it's supposed to, like, it's, it's just going from like, punch this guy, kick this guy over here, throw this guy off the roof. Break this guy's arms, you know, oh, climbing up on the tower. The tower gets knocked over. Fight these guys. Literally a pile of guys just covering the camera. And then like it just keeps going. And I, I thought it was great. It's just so excessive. But we do eventually get the showdown, the big fight. Well, it's funny, too. Uh, his name is Aiken, I remember. He was, Aiken. Was, because, yeah, the corporation was like called Akano or Akano or whatever. But, um... They even did like the video game RPG move where the final fight, he brings himself up in the sky and like uh-huh. things are revolving around him. Everything's like floating around. I was like, up, oh, second form, got to beat him again. <laughs> like, well, and at one point, Henry's about done and he sees oh, they throw like a, they throw a health pack at him. He sees like a medical aid box hit the ground so he runs up pulls out two things of i think they were adrenaline and just does does the whole like boom power up and just starts fighting again it's like the boss battle EpiPen. he's like (laughs) whoa (laughs) the villain does do the thing where he's rising up in the air is that after henry like wrapped the barbed wire around his hand and then grabbed his hand because it seems like henry's done you actually do catch a glimpse of his face in a reflection it's the only time you see him but then he wraps some barbed wire around the guy, around his hand, grabs the guy's arm. And that, that whole thing is basically to like, because up to that point, he hasn't been able to get close enough to the villain to fight him because he's got telekinetic powers. But he manages to run up close enough and he grabs him by that. And the pain like kind of distracts the guy a little bit. And they both, they both rise up into the air. But the part you're talking about where the villain is in the air, you know, freaking out. How how Henry gets to him is there's also like these dead bodies of soldiers floating that got lifted up with the debris. He jumps from soldier body to soldier body through the air. He's, it's platformer gamer time. And he jumps and to the guy, to the villain. I, I almost thought it's going to be what they call in, in that in a video game world is quick time events. Mm-hmm. Where you'd have to hit, like, he'd jump on the first guy, you'd have to hit A in time, and then B, X, and then Y, and then punch him. Uh-huh. You know? And, it, you know, it's gory all throughout. I enjoyed the end. It's very abrupt when it does finally end, but I like it. Usually you, you talk about a movie, you're like, well, the plot, this, and I enjoyed this, and all oh, the cinematography, that. And we did a touch a little bit on, like, the editing and stuff, I suppose. 
this, no, this this movie is all about that part where the guy jumped from body to body, hovering through the air, and then got to the other guy and used his eyeball to his eyeball stock to rip his head in half. Like that's the kind of movie this is, and that's. I they even it. did where his eye goes around his head. They actually filmed the whole thing going around his head, and then, uh huh. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean that's that's the kind of movie it is. Like it's you don't need a. There's enough story here to be fine. Like it's there's some interesting ideas, some interesting concepts, um, but it's clearly like it's a first person <laughs> view action movie. It's then, not for that. Then that guy goes through the propellers of the helicopter. That was <laughs> oh yeah, it's so over the top. It's not just not just that he like ripped his head in half. Then his the rest of him falls into the just gone. What what did you think about the 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 last kind of scene with the hel- when he's in the helicopter with her <laughs> slams the door on her hands? Oh, I like it. It's the perfect end, and it's so abrupt because yeah, she like falls out of the helicopter. And she's hanging there after she shot him, mind you. And he's the whole reveal of like she's she's the bat she's she's a villain too. She's one of the main villains. She's been misleading him. And she's hanging out of the helicopter door and like pleading for him to save her. And he just boom hits the door and it slides shut and you hear ah fall. And that's the end of the movie. Credits. And I'm like, that's perfect. Just leave it there. It's good. Good. He got revenge. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people bring up the fact that she saved him from falling, but it, he was like, nope, click. She saved him from falling, what, earlier? Yeah, remember, he almost falls out of the airship. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that was that was when they didn't want him dead. They wanted to yeah. – te- he, he was the test. Mm-hmm. But but at that point, it didn't. they did want him dead, you know? Yeah, it was cold. It was cold, but, dude, it's, it's hardcore Henry. That's what hardcore Henry does, hardcore things. The one I was kind of laughing, but also was kind of weird, is when he, right before that, he he uh, before he goes to fight him, he steps in that room, and all of those soldiers are dead on the ground, like mm-hmm. all the ones in the black like SWAT suits are just <laughs> just dead in that room. It's like what the what happened here? Like yeah, I wonder if those were soldiers they were fighting earlier. That would kind of make it better if those were soldiers that they fought earlier, and then that's who they use to like turn into the super soldiers. But I don't know if that's the case or not. I think the movie looks good too. It's got that kind of GoPro slightly fish-eyed look to everything like you would expect, but the set locations are pretty cool. Some of the effects are a little questionable, but for the most part, they look good. Like when Psycho Manus randomly throws the stripper at Henry, like that whole thing looked pretty good. Um, I'm sure there was effects there or fancy cutting, they accomplished a lot with the editing. I mean, it's not transparent, but I don't think it was supposed to. But they were able to blend sequences and shots together fairly well through editing. There was a lot of cuts during head, sudden head turns, you know. But yeah, I, I think it's a fine-looking movie. The fish-eyed lens look is always kind of ugly. But overall, I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah. Like I said, it was kind of cool how they have try to like have Henry communicate with his hands or like oh. points at things really aggressively. Yeah, yeah, you get you do get a good sense of uh, his attitude a little bit from. They're a little exaggerated, but his hand move movements, yeah, for sure. Especially that one in the building that you sent me, where he puts the OK, the okay symbol up. Yep. That World War Two type Jimmy, I think he was the best. He's even like at one point giving him instruction you know he's like 
You can't see them, but you can hear them. A grenade will take care of you. Know, just that. I love that. It's so That's so good. It's funny. I think there's another part we kind of skipped over that I think should be mentioned was the, was the little musical that went on with the avatars. Why? I don't understand where it is out of nowhere. And it's so the setup is so funny too, because he's like, we even even have fun on our own or something like that. Like this kind of weird thing. And it's like, what? And then it kicks into this musical number. It's like, what? Yeah, it was fun where the Jimmy will fall over and then another one comes out singing and then he falls over and it switches back. Yeah, it was a good sequence. I think this is where they just really wanted to show how they sw- they could easily like edit in switching the bodies. Like, yeah, it is a fun way to establish that that's how it works. I mean, they only really need to show it once, and you get it. But it's a fun sequence that was totally unexpected. Do we want to do ratings on this on this bad boy? Yeah, uh, I you take lead here. All right, well, you're taking lead on the next one then for ratings. Hardcore Henry, I hated it. No, as you can tell, like I, I, I had a blast. Like I was kind of, I was very curious about it. And I was looking forward to seeing it, and I think it ended up better than I expected it to. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, I give it a four star. I don't think it's, you know, it's not a perfect movie, but I, for what it's trying to do, I think it totally accomplished it, and it was a lot of fun. So solid four star. Four stars for Hardcore Henry. Uh, mine, I might give it four, four and a half. Woo! Yeah, okay. This is for sure, for sure, one of the movies I did not have my phone out because I was just like sitting there watching it. I was like, Jesus, man, this movie's just crazy. But just on like having the innovation just to do it totally first person was just amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think there's a solid four at four and a half. Awesome. I knew you were going to like it. That's why I recommended it. As soon as I watched it, I was like, dude, you have to watch this movie on netflix you watch this movie watch it i knew you'd like it i also was gonna say a, a four and a half because he didn't get a solid five because they never told us how he had telekinetic powers i like that they didn't although if he has telekinetic powers like why does he really why does he need these super soldiers but whatever i just like it i like he's this crazy guy with superpowers and it kind of establishes a certain tone of the world for the most part, it looks like present day Europe or wh- Russia or wherever they fil- film this at, but they have sci-fi technology and they have dudes with s- telekinetic abilities. So, you know, whatever. Right. When you establish that to me, it makes the more over the top stuff. It's all right. I'll buy it. I'll buy into it. It's fine. It's over the top. But you know what? This dude can throw strippers around with his mind and uh, they he fell out of a giant airship with a lab. So... Who knows what this world is? All right, I need to chug my monsters, keep this energy going. This that movie is nonstop too. Like it barely dies down. I think the slowest part is the opening scene where she's putting him together, putting his leg and arm on. That little spinning thing. So we decided to follow up Hardcore Henry with Crank High Voltage. Or Crank 2 High Voltage from 2009. The overview on this one is Chelios faces a Chinese mobster who has stolen his nearly indestructible heart and replaced it with a battery-powered ticker that requires regular jolts of electricity to keep working. Starring Jason Statham, Amy Smart, Dwight Yoakam, 
Dwight Yoakam. I think that's his first appearance on on the Cinematic Universe. And mm-hmm. Statham, for that matter. I'm sure they'll both pop up again. Efren Ramirez and other people. Those are the main people. Written and directed by Mark Neveldine and Brian Taylor. They have not gone on to do as much as I had expected. They've also done, uh, they did that, they did uh, the Ghost Rider sequel, Spirit of Vengeance, with Nicolas Cage. I never saw it. Speaking of Nicolas Cage, they also did a movie called Mom and Dad, which Melanie and I watched not long ago. It's fun. It's not great, but that's a fun, ridiculous movie. And I don't think I realized it was by these guys at that time. But now that I do know this, it totally makes sense. All right. Crank. High Voltage, the sequel to Crank. Just Crank. Also with Jason Statham. And this movie picks up right at the end of the first one, which I did not recall. It's I've seen them both, but it's been quite a while since I watched both of them. The end of the first one is he dies from falling out of a, a helicopter. The beginning of this one is he falls out of a helicopter, but he did not die. He was literally scru- sc- scraped up with a shovel off of the concrete and uh, patched up, I guess. What did you think of this? Have you seen this before? I think this is that. Sometimes I always think this is like the only crank I ever saw, but... Because I, I remember a lot of parts of this movie that I don't remember any any parts of the old other one. It was very, very, very cheesy. The whole how he gets juice all the time and it's just it's like one thing after another. It, it's got that nonstop feeling too. There's a couple of parts that slow down, but like yeah, mm-hmm. it's got that nonstop just go 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 type thing. Which was kind of the whole setup of the first one. And the first one, it was he was poisoned. And he had to keep his adrenaline up, I think, or something like that the whole time, uh, Mm -hmm. or his heart would stop. So it was go, 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 go. And then this one, yeah, they did the thing where they swapped the heart out where he needs to constantly have it charged. And it is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I'm so conflicted on this movie. I actually recall liking this. I, I enjoyed watching this, but I had a more favorable opinion of it in hindsight than I did during the rewatch. I'm so conflicted about this movie. First off, it's trash. This is a trash movie. Like this is pure exploitation. It's a it's an exploitation movie. And I'm actually really surprised. I wonder how much this cost. This had a 20 million 20 million dollar budget. So I'm not surprised with that. This is an extremely over the top, offensive, bad taste, ridiculous on mainstream-friendly exploitation movie that came out in 2009 from a big studio starring Jason Statham. Like, it's kind of amazing that this movie exists. (laughs) And why I say I'm conflicted is because there's a lot of elements of this movie that I love. I I think this is an ugly movie. I think it looks just terrible, but it kind of totally works for what it is. It's completely appropriate. The camera work is insane and horrible, but exactly what it's supposed to be. Once it gets towards the end of the movie, like my opinion is just like, I, well, I'm enjoying parts of it. I'm hating other parts. But then once you get the gay biker group and you get the Mexican gang and uh, the, the Chinese guys show up, everybody shows up. You've got a rubber head in a tank of fluid that's like, saying things and it's just all this stuff is happening and I'm like I love this this looks like something that came out of the 70s 
and a whole lot of drugs. Like it's just insane, but I don't know, man, there's so, so much of it. That's some of the, the humor. It doesn't, I I'd say be more than an action movie. This is a comedy, but the humor's real bad. It's all just sex stuff and it's kind of lame. Right. I, I haven't seen <laughs> kind of made this joke to, uh, so my friend was <laughs> you see more boobs in this movie than you see in a porno <laughs> like, yeah like it's it's that bad it's straight up an exploitation movie and it's kind of surprising and it's so weird because okay 2009 is almost 10 years ago now which sounds like you know oh 10 years ago dude still 2009 i'm really surprised at how exploitative is that a word it is there's so many needless shots of Bikini chicks and topless chicks. Oh, the one chick gets shot through the boobs and the s- silicons coming out and like <laughs> that that whole scene. I was like, "What is going on? Like, why does this have to be a thing on the scene?" And anytime there's a gunfight, because there's always like bikini chicks everywhere. Almost anytime there's a gunfight, they're the first to die. Even though they were just like <laughs> running around being bimbos, they didn't have anything to do with anything. But that's, but the, and that's just the thing. But there's a lot of gratu- gratuitous. That's the word. There's a lot of gratuitous shots of bikini chicks and topless chicks. That it's really surprising to me. And you know, again, this feels like an older exploitation movie. If it was, if that stuff isn't an older exploitation movie, like I completely get it. But the the fact that this is a 2009 movie, I'm just like, wow, I can't believe that they, I can't believe that they did it. I can't believe they got away with it. The first crank must have made a whole bunch of money because they apparently could just do whatever they wanted in this movie. And I don't hate it. I don't necessarily hate all of those aspects, but it's really, it's jarring given the super like hypersensitive point in time that we're in now. So whatever, I can deal with that stuff. I'm used to like exploitation movies and and stuff like that. The thing that really got me on this was kind of the racism. I was like, oh, yeah, that oh. that was that was getting really bad. Now, realizing all the characters in this are bad guys. Jason Statham is not a good guy. He's a maniac. He's a mur- he's a essentially just a mass murdering maniac running around killing whoever's in his way trying to get his heart back in this movie. But he is our protagonist and he's, he's dropping racial <laughs> slurs like hardcore racial slurs that you typically don't hear anymore. And I'm just like, once I heard that, I was just like, Oh, this is actually a little tough, man. This is tough to really get behind. I don't know. Just like the over the top stuff, like the shotgun in the dude's butt was just, that's the thing. Like I appreciate what they're trying to do there. It is just straight over the top. That said, it's just dumb and it's in bad taste. It's not like I'm offended it's in bad taste. It's like, ew, dude. Ew. Yeah. You don't need to sh- shove a shotgun up that dude's butt. Like, it, <sighs> I, It's in there, too. It's, it's halfway it's, in the barrel. It's way but, in there. It was like that. The Chinese girl that thinks she's like going to be with him and stuff. The stuff she says. Some of it's funny and some of it's like, whoa, what? <laughs> it's Why wow. is she even there? What is she for? Why is she there? I, I thought she was that one dude's like girl girlfriend. The guy with the full body Tourette's. Don't even get me started on that guy. 
God. <laughs> I don't even what that's my the thing movie. is. That's the movie. That's what it is. That's that's exactly. You know, the I guy with the full body it. Tourette's, the comedy mm-hmm. the the comedic sidekick because he's got full body Tourette's and he might be gay. <laughs> we're a family. We're a family of freaks, but we're a family. <laughs> I still love when that guy says that to him. It's so bad. I don't even know what to say in this review because it's it, okay. There's no real, there's no real solid meaning to the movie. And you know, I didn't expect it to stop us dead in our tracks like it has, but it's so hard to approach from a review standpoint. So I don't know. I will say, I think it's entertaining. I think it's butt ugly, but it kind of works. The camera work is insane. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure like, this is that movie where they basically just grab cameras and they just like skate or wheelie around nonstop, just skate around the action nonstop and film everything like that handheld camera on skates and stuff. And it looks like it, but it kind of works. The sets are almost ugly, but I guess that's where it's at. Like, you know, it's in warehouses mm-hmm. and run down parts of town and stuff like that. But I think there's a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of fun stuff. There's just some insane over-the-top stuff. I'm trying to think of some standout moments. The final showdown is awesome. Oh, the big monster fight. (laughs) For no reason. That made me laugh so hard. That, I think, might be my favorite part. Because so at one point, and this is by this point, he's like gone to putting, like grabbing onto high-voltage um, what what are you transformers and stuff to get yeah. his jolts? But when he finally chases down the guy with the little cooler that he has his heart in, quote unquote, supposedly has his heart in this cooler, which is another thing that I kind of enjoyed. But he gets zapped, and then it goes into this Godzilla style monster fight where the set is a miniature, and they're like rubber suits, but it's them, but exaggerated. And they're just <laughs> bumping against each other. The camera will zoom up to these little toy people figures that are standing there. It's just like, oh, and it zooms up to them. <laughs> that, I lost it when I saw that. And then, <laughs> when, and then when it cuts back, it's just him on the ground beating the crap out of this, this guy. <laughs> just punch him in the face. Oh, man. Did the high voltage turn them into taller people? Like what? I was didn't it, get the I, I'm assuming it. it's just in his head, but I don't know. It's just an insane thing, and that's kind of part of what I like about this movie. That kind of insane stuff, and the the end sequence with the where it's got the bad guy from the first movie is just a head in a tank with hoses in it, a very bad rubber prosthetic head. Bringing the cooler up, I had a, a moment of what's in the box. <laughs> what's in the box they, like you know and they pl- oh yeah yeah me too i was like oh this could have went with seven but i kind of loved how they he doesn't you don't know what's in the cooler but it turns out it's not his heart mm-hmm. and jason statham who i i kind of enjoy in this because he's jason statham's character like you buy that yeah he's kind of seedy like he's just mm-hmm. got more edge to him in this than he does other stuff but he looks in there and he's like he looks in the cooler he says what is that? What kind of sick freak carries around something like this in a box? I am shocked to my f-ing core. You've got some problems, mother. What the f- is that? <laughs> and, just, and that's it. It gives it back. And, and Jimmy or what's his name? Johnny seems all like upset and traumatized. 
Yeah, so I'm looking it up over here, and it says they believe that it's nipples from because we're the whole nipple cut off thing. They believe it's nipples from another mobster. Maybe. I did notice, and that was a jacked up scene that the one the one Mexican guy has to cut his nipples, his own nipples off, and then before he leaves the scene, he I noticed he picks them back up off the ground and takes them with him. We ha- we don't see that guy too much after. No, I guess we do see him because he catches he catches. Chilios. My name is Jeff Chilios. Today is the day I die. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with Seven. Other than we know it was kind of in the box of the Seven, but it was just like, I was like, what was in there? Like, you know. You know what was in there? A joke. That's what was in there. It was a joke. It was a, a MacGuffin, a mislead. Mm-hmm. And you know that the whole heart thing ends up having nothing to do with the actual, like, it drives the plot. But he doesn't end up getting his heart back. The doctor gets his heart back. And it gets put back in his chest post-credits, basically. The movie mm-hmm. ends, and then we get like him putting the heart, getting his heart back after he's burnt to a crisp, which was a whole nother thing. Let's, okay, the, the, we want to talk about the racetrack scene? God, maybe. <laughs> One thing that I think is very effective from a shock point of view is them blurring stuff out clearly those two were not actually having sex on camera but if you just if they're bottomless and you throw the uh blur thing over where you're assuming there's penetration it's very convincing and it is shocking it's just like wow it actually does kind of look like they're having sex there like i almost wanted to but did watch it i'm like are they actually having sex like i did like i was gonna look it up in trivia but i'm like i don't want to know Here's a perfect example of the kind of thing that I hate, but is so accurate if they're trying to do like an old exploitation movie type thing. They're doing the wheelbarrow pose thing, right? And it's a little funny because he's actually like stepping and walking. But then it cuts to a guy who's actually got a wheelbarrow who I'm assuming is watching and he starts humping at the wheelbarrow. And I'm like, nope, no, 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 stupid, stupid. But that is exactly what you'd see out of like a, 70s or 80s sex comedy. Oh God, I just found out that when he runs through the mob of porn stars, the extras are actual, other than Ron Jeremy, but actually are other porn or actual porn stars. Oh yeah, of course. That's why they're there. They even had the drop and loads guy. Yeah, what was that? Oh yeah, that was another thing I wanted to point out to you and this was, um, yeah, Corey Haim was in this movie. Oh yeah, who was he? He, he plays Randy, the guy with the mullet. Oh, I didn't even realize. I didn't even recognize, recognize him in that. Why was that guy even there? Why was he even necessary? Right. What does it's just? What does that add? Although I, say, I will say that the camera work and like a lot of the chase scenes was really good. Also, I was cool, so kind of wondering on the bridge when the the lowrider challenges him to a race. Like, why would he come up and want to race that vehicle? Like, it's like an old town car. Like, you know. I He's like, d- I need direction. He's like, no, nah, man, let's race. Like, <laughs> now I've said the movie, I've said the movie's ugly, but that's one of the highlights is how it's how it's done. Like the style, it's ugly. The frame rate is crazy and kind of like almost choppy at times. It does the crazy stuff where the camera's just like zooming around people and it'll actually like reverse frames and stuff. But like, I think it adds to it. It adds to the insanity. What got me thinking about it though is that scene where he's driving next to the lowrider and then he hits a like a median or something 
but he's mm. just suddenly hits something and flies out the windshield. Like that type of stuff is super well done because he's just driving and all of a sudden, boom, through the windshield. And then like the camera's in front of his face and you see him and he's just like skating across the concrete on his stomach. Like, ah, like, whoa, whoa. The hell just what happened? did I just like- see? Yeah, it's I enjoy how it's made. It's rough. It's rough and tumble. Down and dirty movie. Yeah. I sat through the whole time and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say about this movie. In it, right off the bat, not just the like him hitting the car and hitting the concrete and then them scraping it up, but like you get into the surgery scene and it just sets the the tone perfectly in terms of what you're in for. Sets the tone perfectly. He's getting operated on. The one guy comes in and ashes a cigarette and is in his open chest on his heart and his open chest cavity. Then he hawks a loogie in there. At one point they drop a, what is this, Some type of a surgery tool down in there, like clamps down in there. And they never pull it out. Cause I'm like, I, I seen that and I was like, Oh, they better get that out of there. And the whole time Jason Statham's awake and like, he looks worried. Like he sees that fall in there and he's like, Ooh, you know, so, right. And then, if, and then, you know, he finally breaks loose because they're going to remove his other important organ. And uh, it just sets the tone for what you're in for. Based on my previous viewing, I'd only seen this one other time. I expected another conversation like we had during Hardcore Henry, where it's just like, oh, and this thing, and then this thing. Oh, yeah, man, that was crazy and over the top. But then after I watched this, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, it just... It was just so cheesy. It was the cheese was like a craft factory full. <laughs> I don't mind the cheese and I don't mind some of the attempts at humor. God, I have no idea what I'm going to give this a star rating. So what I enjoy, there's the aspects I enjoy. I like it stylistically, even the just insane stuff where it randomly it went to like a talk show with Chelios as a little kid on this talk show and just showing that he was always a, a bad dude. He was a criminal. I don't mind that. That's goofy, but, you know, whatever, it's kind of fun. The random, you know, occasionally do a split screen and just the random camera work. And I liked all that. I liked it stylistically. The, the, the monster fight, I love that. I like the over-the-top action. Some of the gore, they cut that one dude's elbow off? Sushi. Oh, that really bugs me. I was like, oh, that's that's real. I don't like that at all. Like, why? Why that? Oh, it makes my elbow hurt. <laughs> like, I kind of, it's almost worse than cutting a dude's arm off. I mean... Not in reality, but in the movie, you're just like, you expect an arm to come off or something. Not just skim part of the dude's elbow off. Like, that's weird. That's weird. (laughs) Anyway, but I can handle all that. And I love just the general over-the-top scenario. Like I said, that last sequence. But I hate sex comedy stuff, especially dumb, dumb sex comedy stuff. And that's almost all of the humor. Like, and the movie doesn't waste any time at trying to shove as much dumb sex comedy stuff in as possible. Just every chance it gets, it goes out of its way to put in cutaway scenes to characters that we will only ever see this one time to make a joke about uh, a white man who has a big penis. Like why, why is that there? Why did you take the time to make that? It is pretty mean spirited, which is fine. But like the racism is kind of like out of control. (laughs) It's kind of out of control. There's there's things in that movie we cannot repeat. It's not just having that stuff in a movie. 
because you, I don't know, you're used to bad guys calling Mexicans certain names or whatever, stuff like that. But when you've got the lead character who's supposed to be kind of the protagonist, even though he's not a good guy, he's not a, he's not even an anti-hero. He's just, a, he's just another villain, but he's the guy we're following when he's just says as bad as stuff as everyone else dropping homophobic things a lot, like just makes for a weird tone. It makes for a weird thing to watch. Yeah. You're like, man, I really want to enjoy this, but this is, this is, this is also kind of difficult <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That's my general thoughts. What's your star rating on this, sir? Uh, I am going three out of five. The action sequences were good to watch. Kind of crazy, but just the side oddball stuff kind of turned me off of it. Heavy saturation of just useless shots, I want to say is what I would call it. But yeah, three out of five. Okay. What you, what you got? What you got? What you, what you think? I don't know. This is tough. <laughs> Three sounds too high. <laughs> it sounds too high, but lower sounds too low because I did enjoy this movie. I enjoy what it attempts to do. I enjoy what it got away with doing, mm-hmm. but there's a lot I don't enjoy. I don't enjoy this, the just dumb, dumb sex comedy stuff. Like I said, I think more than an action movie, this is a comedy and, but the comedy's bad, but Oh man, you really have to think about this one. I do. Um, I feel like you're going to go two five. I'm really debating. It's two five or three because I do enjoy it. There's some great stuff stylistically. Can I go two point seven five? <laughs> two point uh, eight, not yellow. Okay. If I can't do three point nine. You cannot do 2.8. And then I think about other stuff, and I know I've given movies that are far less entertaining and far less inspired three stars. So, oh, God, I'm going to go three stars. It really kind of feels to me like I should go 2.5, but I'm going to go three because there's some entertaining stuff. There's Stylistically, there's some good stuff. Most of it I enjoy quite a bit, but the stuff I don't enjoy, I really don't enjoy. But I'm impressed with what they got away with. Some of the stuff that, you know, I'm glad they got away with, just the overall insanity. Some of the stuff they probably shouldn't have got away with. I'm still impressed mm-hmm. that they were able to do it. Like, who greenlit some of this? Like she got away with the overall insanity, but not the overall racism. The racism is the part that really, no, it all blows my mind that they got away with it. But the racism is just like, I'm not so much shocked with the stuff that they tried to shock you with. I'm shocked that they were able to do it. <laughs> yeah, I'll go three. I'll go light three. Three? Okay. Three stars. Three, but with a little part of the shiny gold star, not not nothing there, not it, colored. It's fading. See, I told you that's an actual rating. <laughs> but on the website, when you go look, it's going to be a solid three. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, unless you edit it, a little dark spot on the this is like the evermost tip of the star. That's the only one I'm ever gonna. That's the only rating I'm ever gonna apply that to. Too. <laughs> Next episode, you're gonna be like, hey, can you do that to mine? I'll be like, nope, can't do it. Technologically <laughs> impossible a one-off <laughs> i had to pay for a plug-in to do that and it only works once <laughs> 99 dollars. i had to pay that for just that right there so jasper the movie studios are in need of some just non-stop action the superhero movies have amped up everything just to 11 
So they need to take it further. They need to amp it up to 27. So they picked up the rights to Crank and Hardcore Henry. How can you combine the Crank, High Voltage, and Hardcore Henry into one cinematic universe? My, my readings are getting weird anymore, I think. <laughs> into one cinematic universe. How about that? Like a little, little, little shake there. Cinematic universe. Oh, that's t- totally different. <laughs> Sounds like some like narrator from the 70s. Cinematic universe. <laughs> Welcome to the Grolic Cinematic Universe. Like that. <laughs> oh. So do, do you have do we have scenes for this one? Do you do you have your you have nothing? I did not write this out. I did not plot this out like I have been lately. Here's my reasoning. Because I don't believe the writers would plot this out like that. <laughs> you go first. You 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 go first. Like, I went we first last time. We got Statham. They're just gonna run at each There's other. There's your movie. They're gonna run there, at each there's other. Your movie. Statham's gonna um, call people some F bombs. Not the one you're thinking. And they're going to run at each other. So mine was, I believe that what we're going to find out is that Chelios was a prototype. He's the proto-prototype, right? So Crank 2 is his origin story. And then he is refined into what is now Henry. So basically what I'm saying is Chelios is Henry. Chelios is Henry. Like, Is he a soldier like Henry or is he Henry? Yeah, no. So he gets burned in in Crank Two, and then he is basically Darth Vader rebuilt into Henry. But they can't call him Chelios because he'll remember, so they call him Henry. Okay. So then that goes into he takes. I forgot what is it? Or was it Kano? A Kano was the corporation in Henry. Yeah, I don't recall, but okay. And the Triad owns that company, so he's going back after them, and then he meets this. You know, meets Jimmy and all that. Okay. Basically, I was trying to figure out a way that Chelios was was Henry. And then the next one after that would be him going back after the triad with his his now soldier mind, body, and soul. After this one, because Crank threw me way off, was I wanted to start doing the one where you do like the seed and stuff. So I got I to gotta work on that. But yeah, this is Crank 2 kind of left me with little to work on. So, after the end of Hardcore Henry, he's shot. His plane's going down, I'm assuming. Who's who's flying that helicopter, by the way? Because they're not paying attention to nothing. Anyway, uh, and his battery pack is low. So, he hits the ground. He decides, screw it. He's got to try to get this battery pack charged. So, he grabs onto some, he finds a transformer and amps him up. He's got no Jimmy to help him out, to patch him up anymore. So he finds some doctor, some skeezy, back, <laughs> back, second bedroom operating room doctor to patch him up. That doctor looks suspiciously like Dwight Yoakam, country music sensation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so it's pretty easy to put Hardcore Henry and Crank Universes together. It's pretty much done. I mean, they have in this. They have the same problem. They had their battery pack that fuels their heart is dying, so they have the exact same problem. So I'm thinking it'll either be a combination of. I don't think it'll be a team up. Maybe it'll be a team up, but then something goes wrong and it becomes Henry versus Chilios, 
<laughs> but they've basically, even though even though Chelios got his heart back, you know, there's going to be some other issue. I mean, he's burnt to a crisp. There's going to be some other issue where he's still got to amp himself up. We're going to have two dudes just just chasing after each other and going on fetch quests and fighting each other, and they've constantly got to like electrify themselves and shoot themselves up with uh, adrenaline and just get amped up. Uh, at one point, there's going to be a live television sex scene or something like that because you got to the crank movies. You got to amp it up because the first one there was like the sex scene in public was I don't remember what the setup was, but the, I remember the racetrack scene was like amping that up. So, you know, we got to take that to the next level. Oh, oh, you know what? Here it is. What about this? So that's one movie. We'll do it. We'll do like a team up like they're fighting each other. And then they mm-hmm. and then they end up like befriending each other and they have to fight somebody else. That somebody else they have to fight is the girlfriend or the wife from Hardcore Henry, who her herself had a very uh crank high voltage situation where she fell out of this helicopter, hit the ground, somebody scooped her up, put a fake heart in there, so she's gotta do the thing, and it's just all three of them just they're just fighting. <laughs> So that's okay. the conflict. I, was, I thought you were gonna use the other F word there. But <laughs> they're just they're all just fighting. Yeah. They're just having a super brawl. <laughs> they're just banging around in cars and slamming together bad guys' skulls and I was like, are they all have the heart and they all have to have like three something to get all the friction? <laughs> You know what? <laughs> That's the climax of the movie. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> they all have to like they're fighting and they're all three about to die because they're like all low power. And then, and then, Chilios is like friction, and they're just like oh, and it's kind of begrudgingly. But then they all agree to do it. it. Henry just and that's where it says in the text. Henry just nods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And how this movie will go is anytime we're following Henry or Henry's in the scene, it's his point of view. But anytime we're following anybody else, it's just insane camera action constantly circling around, handheld camera jerking about, skating by. At one point, the action is happening, but it's like the camera operator just like kept skating down the street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, uh, man. But they, Statham and the doctor end up having to run. To Europe. That's how they come across Henry. They got out of the States. No, correction. Statham, the doctor, and the doctor's girlfriend, who he calls chocolate, but she looked like a bad And mm-hmm. she didn't get to do a whole lot, but she did chase the one old Chinese guy down, so she's going to be in it too, doing cool stuff. And Statham, I kind of thought about the angle of like Statham's uh, girlfriend. What's her name? She's played by Amy Smart. Eve? Looks kind of like uh, the wife from Hardcore Henry, but only in that she's blonde-ish. But I was like, maybe we can combine those characters. Nah, we won't do that. That's what I thought of doing, too, was even Estelle. Changed her name Eve to L. Eve. Oh, she changed her name to Eve, got hooked up with this one guy. So the movie is Jason Statham is trying to find her while she's trying to get revenge on Henry. And it becomes like a weird love triangle. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's how we're doing it now? Yeah. Is that, is that locked in? Yeah. That's, what's, oh, that's what's happening now. 
Why do you think they burn up uh, Chilios? I'm not too sure. I did enjoy that, like, he's burning. There's water everywhere. And instead of putting himself out, he has some weird delusional kiss. They set the one the one Chinese lady on fire. <laughs> like, she ends up running away on fire. I'm like, that is, they d- did not treat her well. She's a bad character, but they did not treat her well. But then instead of, like, putting himself out, he just turns to the camera and flips the audience off. And I'm, I was kind of like, yeah, I enjoy that. <laughs> but part of me is like, Statham is like, this is the last one, guys. So if you plan on making any more, figure out how to do it without me. And now they can, mm-hmm. now they can just dark man him. Just dark man him. Just, he's a raps. They don't need Statham. It could be anybody. Did, did you did you see at one point in the movie they point out he's the guy from the transporter? Yep, yep. <laughs> super fun meta comment. I like that. He's he's the transformer guy. <laughs> or the trans- yeah, they, they said train spotting too. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know how well our review of Hardcore Henry is going to come out, but I don't know how else to talk about that movie. It's just it was exciting, and I wanted to talk about the cool stuff. Hey, we'll be back in two weeks with more movies. and then in october we're doing horror movies horathon it's gonna be a horathon yes i'm excited sounds horrible when you say it (laughs) uh we'd be doing horror movies this week and all through october if if i had my way (laughs) hey jasper who are you and where can people find your stuff my name's Jasper, and you can find myself in my home. <laughs> oh, yeah. find Go to his home. Find his... He no, has no, stuff. No, not, he has stuff you want. That's what you said. I'm Randall Sylvie. You can find me at Randall Sylvie on Twitter. It's R-A-N-D-A-L-S-I-L-V-E-Y. Also on Facebook, uh, you can find me at Facebook.com slash Randall Sylvie Podcaster. On Instagram, at Podcast Producer. Yeah, boy, that's me. Uh, also, you can find uh, Grolix Podcast everywhere. You can find Grolix Podcast at Grolix Podcast. You can find Grolix Cinematic Universe at GCU Podcast on Twitter. Grolix Podcast and GCU are mixed into one on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Grolix Podcast. Instagram.com slash Grolix Podcast. YouTube.com slash Grolix Podcast. Grolix Podcast.tumblr.com. <laughs> and Grolix Podcast.com. <laughs> and pinterest.com slash garlic podcast nope somebody's probably squatting on Ooh, i should not i need to watch my wording when we talk about Pornhub. <laughs> what i mean is somebody's probably camping on that username <laughs> <laughs> That was the wrong word, man. Wrong. It always happens. I can't oh, help it. Man. Things people say, oh, the terms Jesus. they use for sex, I can't help it. I'm just saying words. They're the ones that made it a double entendre. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got the full visual thought in my head. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to know. All right. That's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Relics Podcast and the Relics Cinematic Universe.
Did he do it again? He wanted to. He hovered a bit. Maybe he's like... Oh, he's coming up to the window, checking it out, and then bouncing down now. What the f***? Maybe he's like one of those those Christians in, in South America that like hurts themselves for penance. Like flails himself. Maybe he's just throwing himself into the window to pay for his sins. I had impure thoughts. Bonk. <laughs>